Welcome to the Wealth and Purpose Podcast, where people who are led by their hearts come to learn the secrets to creating wealth in a way that feels really good and live their purpose fully in the process. I'm your host, Patty Lennon. I'm an ex-type A corporate banker turned intuitive business coach. I'm also a wife, a mom to two preteens, a professor, Girl Scout leader, and well, hey, you get it. Like you, I wear a lot of hats. Whether you're looking for inspiration to get started or strategies to get growing, I am here to help you create abundance in every area of your life and business. Welcome. Welcome to this episode of the Wealth and Purpose Podcast. Hey, I'm Patty, your host, and this episode is brought to you by The Receiving School. So today I want to talk to you about learning to trust your inner gifts, or if you already do trust them, being able to expand them and maybe quote unquote, take them to the next level. I don't necessarily love that terminology because it gives the sense that there's some progression, there's some better or worse, there's some linear relationship in inner gifts, intuition, even psychic abilities. And that's just not accurate. Really what happens in my experience is that we all have these gifts. Some of us are just more open to them. Some of us came in more open. What's important to understand is exactly how you are is perfect for your specific journey on the planet right now, which means that if you're wide open and your gifts are just flowing that that is exactly what needs to happen for you to have the soul journey in this human body that you're having. Same goes if you are completely, I don't want to say shut down, but maybe there's a block or there's you know sort of this invisible wall to you accessing your inner gifts. Just understand that journey is very, very specific and important to the journey you've been on. And I'm just going to, I've told the story before and how I came to understand and get access to my gifts. So I'll just give it in a really short version right now. But essentially I was a type A corporate banker. I was very traditional. I was traditional on all levels, meaning my political beliefs, my, my spiritual belief, everything. And the way I showed up in the world was very type A and I just got stuff done and I was a leader in that very corporate male-dominated way. You know, suddenly at 28, 29, realized that I had a much deeper desire to help my coworkers understand the path to success more than to continue to journey climbing the corporate ladder, meaning I still wanted to grow in my career, but it no longer was something that that pulled me forward. What pulled me forward was really helping others understand how I had done what I had done in my career because I had gotten promoted very early on. And so I started seeking out what methodologies would help me mentor and guide my the people who worked in my department, as well as others that I was mentoring, which led me to get a master's in psych, which is why I am so specific about the brain science behind a lot of the stuff I talk about here. Even when I'm talking about metaphysical principles, I love it when the grounded everyday life world, the capitalist economy can blend with 
metaphysics, and then be further supported by brain science. That's really my sweet spot. If if something really can make sense in all three of those worlds, that's really where I like to play. Because to me, it's really important that we do not deny the fact that we incarnated as a human during a time where money is so significant in power and energy on the planet. I'm not suggesting that you make money be more important than love. That's not it. But I think it's really important to understand you chose this time where money is what it is. And so when we can understand the commerce and you know our economic systems all play a role in our soul's evolution, we have the easiest time staying in the flow. Because what flows abundance into your life, most of the time is affected by the amount of money that you have access to. So whether you want to make change on the planet, you want to have experiences for yourself or your family, you want to take care of people, all of those things are a lot easier when you have access to money. So I think when our soul's journey can make sense inside that dynamic, then everything starts to flow together. And having access to your inner gifts is to me really helpful in the pursuit of success specifically, because then what happens is you're always getting your true answer on what success means for you. And then you have guidance on how to take that path to success. And it doesn't mean success means making a lot of money necessarily. That may not even be an issue. You may just be brilliant at that already. And maybe it's allowing in love or support. Whatever it is, having access to these gifts and trusting them really can move the dial significantly. And I know for myself, it really did as well. And so what happened when I got my master's in psych during that time, the banking industry was starting to really contract and the jobs within the bank to do more mentorship or the ability to to toggle a, a leadership role and a mentorship role was really going away because we were ending up taking on the jobs of you know two, three, six people. And I realized I was going to have to leave the company to do the work I wanted to do. And during that time, coaching became a thing. Um, it wasn't before that. This was, you know, let's see, 12 years ago. It was just starting to become a thing. So I decided to study with Martha Beck. And at the time, she didn't have a lot of coaches. So it was part of our training was to go out into the desert with her and do this deep retreat. And it was during that time that I became aware that I had these gifts. And at first, it was just, I really second guessed, was I seeing, hearing, feeling what I was feeling, hearing, and seeing? But over the course of the next year, because of multiple situations, more and more and more was affirmed that these gifts were true. Probably two or three years after that, when I was in conversation with my guides, I asked, you know, why was I shut down to these gifts until I was 35, 36? And they said it was very intentional that my soul had intended to not have access to these gifts for the first, you know, half, maybe third of my life, depending on how long I live, so that I would clearly understand what it feels like to navigate this world without access to those gifts. And that would then help me show other people how to access their gifts. So even in my own journey, I was I was completely un 
I was not able to access these gifts at all. And there really was a purpose for it. And I've since learned the purpose. So it makes it a lot easier for me to tolerate that period. But if you're maybe in a situation where you're not accessing your gifts fully, just understand there's probably a reason for it. Some of it does have to do with trust and openness. And that's what we're going to talk about now is how to get into that trust space so you can open to those gifts. But just don't judge the fact that some people have been seeing, you know, dead people since they were born and others, you know, have zero access to their gifts. That's not a spectrum of good or bad. That's just uh, that's just how they are. The same as if someone's good at swimming or art or something else. They're just open to the flow of that skill coming through them. So What I found when we did receiving school where I was teaching this opening in a group setting for the first time last year is the feedback that constantly came for people who were opening newly to their gifts or were finding their gifts were becoming much more exact and specific where they could ask a question and get very specific answers or they knew things that were going to happen and they had a lot more detail around them. Or for someone who had never had access to this um, type of inner guidance and suddenly had it, across all those populations, what I heard from people was that they benefited from me showing them that there is no one right way to, to access your inner gifts. And that there's lots of things that they thought if they were truly accessing intuitive gifts or psychic gifts or mediumship, that it would look a certain way and it it actually doesn't. And so I'm going to talk you through the the way that you can access your inner gifts and why a lot of people second guess that they're actually getting this these answers from either your higher self or God or your spirit guides, whatever resonates with you, or even the collective unconscious. It's tapping into this universal force of wisdom and understanding. And so there's many different ways that gifts come through. The ones I'm going to tell you about or we're going to talk about now are the most common, which is clairsentience, which is you feeling the answer, claircognizance, where you suddenly just know the answer. And those two gifts tend to be the most prevalent and they're they're doubted. They're often doubted and it's why most people don't think they actually have gifts. Because now looking back, I can see that clairsentience and claircognizance has actually been active in me since I was young. But because it doesn't look like some being coming in front of you and saying stuff or you seeing a vision or hearing something, it doesn't feel real. Right, because it's already in your head or it's already in your body. And also with clairsentience, when you feel something, if you are empathic, where you just feel the energy of other people already, it can be very confusing because you already know you're letting in a lot of stuff that isn't specifically yours. The other two gifts, and these are the ones that people think is what psychic or intuitive gifts looks like are clairaudience and clairvoyance. Clairaudience is when you hear things and clairvoyance is when you see things that you wouldn't, you know, likely be able to see, that reality can't prove that you're seeing it. And so because most people think that's what real gifts look like, that you can hear the answers or you can actually see things, they don't trust their gifts. And so if that's what you've always thought it would look like to have gifts, just understand 
my experience is that's very uncommon in the general population, partly because it's pretty distracting. I have access to both these gifts now, but that's really been the last, I want to say five or six years. And they're the least frequently used gifts unless I'm actually working with a client. So when I'm working with a client, I will see things because it's a lot easier for me to convey what I need to convey if I have a visual for them. I believe that that's why I have access to it more frequently in that that way. Claire audience has only happened to me very infrequently and it's been when I'm like not getting the message. <laughs> and they're like, "Hello." And again, just not the most common. So what it looks like when you have Claire uh, cognizance is if you if someone asks you a question and suddenly you know the answer to that question where you can say like an hour ago or a week ago you definitely didn't know that answer, but you know it now. That's clear cognizance. This is my favorite gift for me personally because I do so much speaking and I do so many workshops. I get asked a lot of questions when I'm on stages. And what's so fun is the questions create knowledge for me because the question being asked of me allows a part of me to draw down that answer and I suddenly know it. And that's super fun to me personally. Claire, sentience has a, is a gift I've had my whole life for sure, but I always just talked it up to me being a very sensitive person. So although I was a type A, I stayed a type A by shutting myself down physically. So I shut down what I felt in my body. If you've ever had you know, problems with overeating, over-drinking, over-exercising, over-sexing, any of the overs, it's likely that you receive information this way and you're using those overdoing it, those addictions to shut those impulses down because your soul truly does talk to you through your body all the time. And when we are acting against what our body is telling us is true, it can be really uncomfortable. And so then we effort to shut it down. You know, I used to, in the corporate world, when I was fairly young, a boss's boss told my boss that whenever he's interviewing to make sure that I was in the room and ultimately whoever I suggested that they should hire, that he should really lean into that suggestion. And if I ever said absolutely no to someone, that my boss should definitely never hire them. And I was probably 24 at the time. And I just, that was one of the best compliments I had ever gotten because I was never formally trained in interviewing people. And it was always something I felt a little bit less than in the corporate world because a lot of the people that were on my level had kind of gone through MBA programs where they had these very structured approaches to interviewing where for me, as soon as I walked into the room with a candidate, I knew whether they would fit or not. And that was just how I had navigated the world. Now I can look back on that and see that that was the clear sentience in me, that just that inner feeling of trueness of how aligned that person is 
for the job. And then that still happens to this day. It can be on a sales call. And almost immediately, I will know if the destiny of our worlds include us working together or not. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that the client, the potential client feels the same way, but I will know immediately whether there is a wide opening for us to have success together. And that's what I used to get in those interviews. And it's so fascinating that someone, this this senior leader at the time who I told my boss to always rely on my judgment, that for him, and he was super type A masculine leader, but he still, he had risen the ranks clearly by seeing where people's gifts were. And he just had a vision for that. And for whatever reason, when he saw me interviewing people, he picked up on that I had a good gut instinct. That's what we would have called it back then. And really, I had never, it, as I look back on those years in banking, 15 years, I never picked wrong. Now, there were some times where I picked and people went against me, and that's a different story. You know, those are places where we can look back and start to see how things work and start to build um, a case study of how you can trust your inner gifts. Now, I think it was easier for me to trust there because. You know, it wasn't directly affecting anyone I love. Now that I'm an entrepreneur, especially in the early years of entrepreneurship, it was a lot harder to follow that gut instinct when, you know, my choices on, you know, taking on a client, let's say, or following an opportunity, or more importantly, walking away from an opportunity based on my gut feeling that clairsentience might cost my family money. And, you know, for two of those years, remember my husband was out of work. So it was me and me (laughs) doing the feeding of our family. And so the more dependent your, your survival is on those answers, the harder it is to trust them. So I just want to go back and then, you know, recap what I just talked about there. So claircognizance is when you just know things. Clairsentience is when you feel things. And that can be as simple as, you know, feeling the spaciousness in your chest when you have a yes answer or feeling constricted in your chest or your shoulders or your stomach when you have a no answer. That almost, I would say 99% of the time when I work with someone one-on-one, they can get that. And that is clairsentience. That's why I know everyone's open to it. And for that 1% who says they can't access it, because I do have heightened gifts and I get to talk to their spirit guides, they can tell me, you know what, they're just in fear. They they have the answer. They just don't like it. It scares them. And then, of course, clairvoyance and clairaudience is being able to see and hear things. And by the way, the clear audience, when it's come in, almost, I would say, I'm trying to think back, but I'd say like 90% of the time, it was about something with one of my kids. And I know it's one being that talks to me and I know it's my grandmother. And so that's where she like is in my ear. (laughs) She's like, I'm going to let you screw up my grandkids, my great grandkids. And making courageous choices for them is where she'll come in. So those are the summary of the gifts. And I'm hoping at this point, even just knowing that kind of gives you an openness to accessing you know, some of those gifts. Now, another place where people can get confused is psychic gifts versus mediumship. So psychic gifts are you know, having access to information, whereas mediumship is someone from the other side of the veil coming through you know, to talk as, a, as an independent being. 
And not everyone has that side of it. I think definitely we can connect to our loved ones, but that may not be as something that's as present for everyone. And that's really okay. To me, one of the most helpful places that I've been able to take people is for them to meet their spirit guides. And if re- if your religious beliefs kind of conflict with what I'm saying, and it sounds like spirit guides is something that doesn't agree with your religion, I will tell you that the way I've helped other people in those situations, including myself, because I was raised traditional Catholic, is spirit guides are really beings who were human, who went through enough that they're at a heightened state of love, meaning they're more open to the way God operates. And so they are sort of these, just these messengers. If you think of God being this high vibration, the highest vibration that exists, think of it like the sun where we can't look directly into the sun, right? We have to look sort of to the side or wear sunglasses. When God is present in our life, if you are, you know, that is your belief of a traditional God, sometimes that love is so big that we can't actually absorb it into our limited human self. And so spirit guides can just be the voice, the guidance, you know, like the helper. They are not there to be worshiped. They are not there for any other reason than to be a helper. The same as if you had someone human come into your life and say, you know, and give you a message and you know that that message was on behalf of God. That's how you can think of your spirit guides. And spirit guides are assigned to us for all different reasons, but they all have jobs. So when you come, you come with a group of spirit guides, they're going to stay with you your whole life. But every time you take on a new role or new opportunity, you're going to have guides that that join you. So when you, if you become a parent, if you become a business owner, if you get married, if you are going through a divorce, if you're buying a house, all your life changes, you will have spirit guides come and help you just with that particular part of your journey. And they're experts in that. And typically in their, when they were here in the planet, they, you know, mastered some version of that. I have guides specifically. I have an HR guide, an HR guide, a man. He's, he looks like a little short little uh, man that dresses like he's in the twenties and he has a little dictograph and he like types on it. And like when I tell him who I want to hire or the type of person I need my business, he shows up. I never see him otherwise, but he'll show up immediately. And then he like types some stuff and he pulls an imaginary paper out of his machine and throws it up in the air and it turns into light and he does it again and he'll do it over and over again. So spirit guides can be that specific. And so what I find is this can be a really nice way for you to access guidance in a way that sort of feels outside yourself. And the reason I say that is I think the reason people like clairvoyance and clairaudience so much is it's it's gifts that feel like there's information coming from outside of you as opposed to the ones that are inside of you. And sometimes as humans, we need that individuated experience. And so if that's you know something that you want to try, there is a meditation to meet your guides that works very well. Most people have some success with it initially, but over time have a lot of success with it. Meaning you need to do the meditation for a while to really get wide open to receiving this guidance. But if you want that, you can find it. I have a receiving guide out. I've mentioned it a couple of times in the podcast here at different episodes, but you can go to pattylennoncom forward slash receiving guide. There's It's the five steps to receiving, which all those steps, by the way, open you up to your inner gifts. 
But the fifth step is, you know, how to connect to your guides and the meditation link, the free meditation is right there. You can grab it and download it. So learning to connect to that, those guides. So feeling something is right for you or is the, your truth. And then having a guide come and offer to you that matching of those, that information, having it inside of you and then having some source outside yourself sort of affirm it can help you build trust. What can also help you build trust, and this is something I really encourage everyone to do if they're new to using their gifts, is start small. Tap into your gifts to decide what you're going to eat for the day. What, like, what does your body want? You know, this is intuitive eating. It's done by a lot of wellness coaches. When you leave your house, the the directions, like how to actually go to a destination you drive to often and just watch and see if your intuition takes you a way that you don't normally go. Using really low stress events to start to engage your intuition, your inner gifts is the best way to build trust because what you'll start to see is all of a sudden you'll eat intuitively and you'll feel great at the end of the day. Or you'll follow your intuition with directions and you'll come to find out that there was an accident that wasn't reported that potentially you would have gotten stuck in or even been a part of, that you avoid it because you followed your intuition. And because your survival, remember I mentioned survival can really keep people from trusting their gifts, isn't really impacted. Like these are in high pressure events. It's a lot easier to start to trust your intuition. Well, the more you build up, your proof that your intuition works, that your gifts work, the easier it is to trust them with the bigger things. You know, last year I shared that uh, I was supposed to open the cart to a mastermind on Thursday and Wednesday's the day that I learned that my father died and I decided not to open the cart, not to engage that sale. Now, potentially that cost my business a significant amount of money. And if I was in a different relationship to my gifts, if I was much earlier on, I'm not sure I could have trusted the knowledge that that was the right thing to do. But it was doing things at very low levels, low you know, intensities over time, over and over and over again, that built up the trust where I could make that kind of decision, not just make it, but make it confidently. So just understand that happens over time. You don't have to instantly get there where you trust everything. What I do encourage you to do though, is as you feel answers come from within, it's for you to acknowledge them and say, you know, whether you're talking to God or source or just your higher self or just the universe to say, I feel the answer. I know that this is the answer I'm getting, but I'm really having a hard time trusting it. Please send me signs. And what you will find is signs show up. I had the most interesting experience this past weekend. I went away with my friend and um, just to get away and go by the water. And we get to the hotel. We had gone for the day out to have fun and we were doing fun things. We get to the hotel at night and I realized I forgot my suitcase. (laughs) It was an overnight. I was so bummed out. And, you know, I was really feeling like self-judgment and all of these things. And so I tapped in and I said, okay, I know this is happening for me, not to me. That's my go-to line. I encourage you to use it as well. I know this is happening for me, not to me. And if I know that it's happening for me, what does it mean? 
And I really wasn't getting an answer. And that's important also. And I think that was a big um, aha for a lot of people in the receiving school was when you start opening to your gifts, you are not always going to get the answer because sometimes there is no one answer. Sometimes actually making the choice is the thing you need to do with no clear decision and that you can go in either direction, that you're at a fork in the road, and it really is up to you, the human and the the human with the soul to just make the choice, that there is no one choice and that the choice is the point of it and that you will go on a, a journey that's perfect for you no matter which choice you make. And so not getting an answer isn't necessarily proof that you're not accessing your gifts. It's simply proof that it's time for you to make the choice without access to a clear direction. Now, that's not true if you're completely shut down to your gifts, but if you're if you're engaged with them and you're not getting an answer, it doesn't necessarily mean you're doing something wrong. It is okay though to ask for help and ask for signs. And uh, that's what I did. And I, um, my husband, I guess he had been out and I messaged him. I'm like, I can't believe I left my suitcase at home. And he was like, yeah, I'm so sorry. I just saw it. And he was like, well, you know what that means? You went there to clear your head and it was important for you to leave everything behind, including all of your stuff. <laughs> and I thought that was a really beautiful message from him. That was really helpful. And I just kept engaging that and engaging that. And Over time, all these beautiful messages showed up over the next 24 hours that showed me that I had all these beings with me, loving me and supporting me, and that even if I couldn't understand why not having my suitcase was helpful, then in fact, it was on purpose and it really was okay. So that's where I want to leave you now is just understand, if you can understand that everything that happens, happens for you and not to you. If you can breathe in and trust what is coming up, even on the very basic things that don't have high levels of survival energy attached to them, you will start to build up a system of trust in your own gifts. And from there, when your big decisions need to be made, you will be able to trust your inner gifts on any decision possible, including walking away from a million dollar deal, which I did four years ago. And I'm so grateful I did because it was definitely not the right path for me. But if I hadn't invested in those gifts in those small ways, I never would have been able to trust them when when the rubber hit the road, so to say. So go ahead and grab my receiving guide. All of the steps in there will help you open up because here's the thing. Receiving is receiving is receiving. So receiving money, receiving love, receiving support, receiving your your gifts, they're all part of the same energy system. And just working on one is going to open you up to all of them. So grab it at pattylandon.com forward slash receiving guide. And I wish you a very, very beautiful day. Hey, thanks for listening. And if you know someone who needs to hear this message, please share this podcast with them. And if you're feeling really generous, I'd love for you to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. It helps us reach many more people. And it fills my heart with so much joy when I hear what you had to say about what you heard. I am cheering for your success. Have an amazing day. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. 
Sound Advice FM, Women's Voices Amplified.